Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. I want to talk to you a little bit about our Mexico trip and incorporate that into today's message, but you should have an outline and it's the sermon this message is titled, If He Did It Then, He Can Do It Again. Look at your other neighbor this time and tell him that same thing. If he did it then, he can do it again. Do you believe that? Yes. No, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hear you. Do you believe that? Yes. There you go. That's what you say when you believe something. Amen. You're convinced of it. But I want to give you a quick overview of our trip because this ties in to what we experienced in Mexico. We do an annual trip down to Mexico. And one of the, one of the things that we, we, we see in our, in, our, in our world, even where we live, there's needs everywhere. I get that. There's needs in Vallejo. There's needs in American Canyon even. There's needs everywhere. And, and I know for a lot of people, sometimes they go, well, why do you got to go all the way to another country when there's needs all around us? Well, you know, God sometimes will plant and birth an idea in somebody's heart. And that's what happened in 2001 when God planted this idea in one of our fellow pastors from our section of churches. They went down to Tijuana, Mexico, in the middle of a dump, this is a actual a physical dump, there was a community of people. And if you've ever been to a third world country, you'll see that people live in squalor. They'll live where you wouldn't think people should be living, in circumstances that people really shouldn't be living. There was no power, no electricity, no running water, no, I mean, raw sewage is to this day, still running down the street in some of the gutters there. And you can smell it everywhere you go to this day. So things have improved quite a bit. They now have power. They now have running water and so forth. But ever since 2001, um, our church, through, through our Napa church, helped build a church down there that also feeds 100 kids every day. And we'll, we'll hold off on those pictures right now, but um, they feed 100 kids every day as well as have a church there that we help support. A small, we give a small percentage that goes to that outreach, to a missions uh, a church there. And so when you give to missions, it's going to go there. Every, every year that, um, for the company that I work with that pays the bills Monday through Friday for us, they've been faithful because I asked. How many know that? You have not because you asked not, but they've been faithful to give us to give me a check for $10,000. That's a small part of the budget that we need to go down there. But they give me $10,000 and say, God bless you at the end of the year. And we use that. But we need lots of checks like that to come in. Um, and again, it's not just our church or Napa church. It's a section of churches that go down there. And normally we have 130 volunteers that go in December. 130 people to minister to thousands. How many have been there before? Raise your hand if you've been on this trip. There's a few of you here raising your hands, including my wife, Anna, that have been on this trip. And uh, every year it's a challenge. And so this year with 130 people that we were normally going to have, but with the date change, because in December the, the border closed down, and then fear began to spread, and people thought, well, it's not safe, which... It never was not safe. It just, the problem was the border could close at any second. You didn't know on what day it might close. And so it closed that one or two days and it opened back up. 
we postponed the trip until February. So we just went on Thursday and got back last night. There was a, a small group of us, uh, of, our, of our group that stayed there through today, and they're coming back probably right now on their way back home. But um, here's the thing. We go down there to reach lost souls. Souls is the number one reason. Everybody say souls. That's the number one reason why we go down there. It's not for the free shoes that we give them, although they each receive a brand new pair of shoes. It's not for the food that we distribute to them because it's not about the food. It's about winning souls. And then here's the blessing that we see and that they get to experience. Then miracles begin to happen. Miracles begin to happen. And I want to share a little bit about what was going on there uh, in, our, in our trip. If we can put up some pictures, um, I just want to throw a few. So this is their little church that we built. It's a two-story church. And this was on Thursday night. We go down there for a service. And this is their worship team leading us, Pastor Hareth. Uh, there in the blue, uh, and then uh, his wife, Tabitha, and one day they're going to be here. They're going to minister here one day. I, I've invited them to come. This is her dad, Pastor Raul, and he is the gentleman that Anna and I went to visit their church last year. If you remember me talking about that, it was his church. They, they have no electricity where he pastors. He takes two generators every service with him to power up. Keep, let's keep going. I just want to go through these here. This was uh, uh, Pastor Laura. She, her husband was the one that founded this dream. She, he's the one that had the dream. Pastor Jonathan G. He passed away a couple of years ago. And she continues to march on with her team from her church. Along with all the other churches as well. And here she, she has her interpreter. Which is Pastor Raul. Who does a, who does a very good job of that. And so we're there on Thursday night uh, experiencing and worshiping with them. And again, um, there's uh, Tabitha and then Brianna on the uh, keyboard there. Brianna is a, is a helper. She was from Ohio. She came to the mission uh, in 2006 on a mission trip. And she stayed there ever since. God called her to that place. And um, so she's part of their, their team there. And so we experienced a wonderful time. This was, uh, we were loading boxes, unloading them. So we, we had shoes that we bought. We buy shoes every year. We buy close to 4,000 pair of shoes every year. And we distribute them. And what we did this year was, and last year, we buy them in Mexico. And we stored them in, there's a store in Tijuana that they're stored at. They, they stored them for us down these stairs, of course. We had to walk into their basement where we had about, Oh, I would say maybe 20 of those size boxes. This is the church. This is looking down the canyon. But you can see this is all ravines. This church is in a canyon. The, the, the name of it is Canyon de las Carretas in Tijuana. And it's a canyon that there's, it's just dirt roads. The, the main road there is concrete. You can't see it, though. We had heavy rains. We had hail there while we were there. Hail in Tijuana and Rosarito and so this canyon, all these boulders start coming from the hillsides, and they fill the road. And it's kind of like a flash flood effect. Uh, wasn't as severe as it could have been, but uh, we're there in that canyon. We went to the store, picked up all these boxes, moved them in cars, and uh, left them at the church and in preparation for the event. So we only had one day at the event, which was Saturday. So Saturday morning, 
at 7 o'clock, guess what I'm doing? I'm hauling boxes from the church to take to the event. So we made four different trips to haul the boxes uh, back to the event. And these are all loaded with kids' shoes, adult, women's shoes, men's shoes. And we take them there. What other pictures do we have up there at this time? This is at the event. We have used a gymnasium which holds 2,000 people in the past. But they put down a new floor. It's a new hardwood floor. And they don't want to allow us to go in there and scratch it up with chairs. So we can no longer use the nice confines, confines of a, of a uh, gymnasium. So we have to hold the event outdoors. And so we had rented the baseball field, which is right next door to that gymnasium. Well, with the heavy rains, now the field was too muddy. So there's always an impossible task that comes up. But you have to be prepared. You have to roll with the punches. And so we got this concrete pad here, and we crammed everybody in there. So the money goes to helping uh, getting uh, chairs out there. We hired a, a company of people that brought the chairs out. They set them up. We hired, um, so they set up over 1,000 chairs there. And here we've got every seat filled out here. And there was, there was close to 1,000 people um, with the latecomers that came in as well. This event started about 9.30 in the morning. We started with worship, and the picture you saw where everybody was in a line kind of looked like they were doing a line dance. Well, they were. But in Spanish, they were, they were dancing to a song that Martin sings here as well. Um, um, what's that? The song that, which one? Uh, never mind. It doesn't matter. I can't remember it right now. I'm drawing a blank. But this was an amazing, amazing worship team. The lead singer, who is kind of covered up there in, in the shadows, he's uh, playing a guitar. This was the pastor's brother. Um, they come from another church close by, and it's it's literally it's called Gethsemane Church, and um, they were a wonderful worship team. So what they're doing is they're preparing the hearts of the people to hear the message. So that's how we normally do it. We we have the preaching done up there on top. So. The pastors would preach from up there. And so we're ministering to all these people and we help seat them in. Go ahead and turn up the volume if you want for that one. If you, But you can see the people out here. And it stretched all the way. All those chairs in the back got filled up. And uh, so this was early on during the service. But it, it's, uh, it's amazing. The weather was, was cold. It was chilly. And I, people were in line at 7 o'clock when we showed up. Usually there's people overnight staying on the streets. This year they weren't because it was cold. Uh, cold meaning it was in the low 40s. And uh, that's very cold for that area. And so we, we get to see them in. And they come in. They come expecting little kids. And we're talking about very poor of the poor. Uh, the day prior, many of you who have gone with us, I've noticed that, and we have some pictures of that event, the outreach um, on Friday prior. So this is Saturday morning, but on Friday prior, we're right next door to a police station where there's a little stage, and it's on a busy street close by this, this facility here. It's probably two blocks away, and we're passing out flyers inviting people to the event, this event coming up on Saturday. And so you, you just meet all kinds of people. I was curious to see, well, how many, how many Honduran people am I going to see? How many people from Guatemala am I going to see? You know, the, are they going to be camping out on the streets here? Because this is Tijuana where, you know, supposedly there was a lot of people. I saw maybe three people 
I saw one true bona fide MS-13 guy who didn't want to have nothing to do with us when I was talking to him. Uh, he walked by. I saw um, another guy that told me he was from Honduras and he was drunker than a skunk. He, wanted, he was trying to talk to me and I couldn't understand what he was saying. He was so drunk and he wanted to go home. And, but he, and the poor guy, so I gave him something to eat and he was, he was crying the whole time I saw him there. He just, but he was too drunk to make any sense, unfortunately. And, um, but other than that, it was the people from that community that we saw there and then the day before that. But these people came expecting. Everybody say the word expecting. expecting. When, when a woman is pregnant, you know something is about to happen. Something is happening. There's, there's something that's going on inside here that causes you to know something's happening. And when, when the people came, they, they felt that. They knew that something's happening. They may not have understood it at that moment, but they knew something was going to happen. Let's go through the rest of those uh, photos um, that we have. And yeah, just keep going through them just so we can see them. And, and these, uh, these are just families with lots of kids, lots of kids. So we're passing out candies to these kids. They're all wired up and all sugared up. And I'm sure the parents were so thankful. And uh, so... We gave them all, all of those things. They were a blessing to them. But here's, here's what I want to talk to you about. So that's, I think, all the pictures that uh, we're going to share today. We'll have more uh, next week. But um, again, how many people believe that with God, all things are possible? Yes. Amen? Here, here, here's the wonderful experience. These people, when you go to a third world country or even in this part of Mexico, it's very simple, very plain. They come expecting. They, they believe that if you pray for them to be healed, they're going to be healed. Amen? And it's not a, well, I don't know about that, Pastor Rick. I, I, I saw something on TV where it looked like that, that preacher was just, he, he was, you know, and no, it's not like that. They believe it. It's, the Bible says something about having a childlike faith. Do you remember that? It says, have a childlike faith. I want to invite you to stand with me. I want to read the sermon text that we have this morning. It's on your outline. It's in James chapter 5. James chapter 5. I want to, I want to read that to you. And you all are, are all familiar with this uh, these set of scriptures, verses 13 through 16. It says the following. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, Lord. We pray your anointing upon the remainder of this service. I pray God give us ears to hear. And Father, we thank you for your truth, for your word. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Before I go any further, there's two people that we need to keep praying for. Um, we've been, I've shared this with all of you here. I believe it's all of you that to be praying for my sister Yolanda. So some of you have met her. 
She just got released out of the hospital, but she still needs your prayer. Amen. That's a praise report. Amen. But she still needs your prayers. She's still very weak. She's still not eating. And she can't really eat in her condition right now because of, of, of the illness that she has. But the prayer is that, that, that you should be praying specifically, number one, for God's healing. God's healing over her, number one. Number two, that she can be able to eat and retain it. Because anything she's eating, she's bringing back up. And that's not good. That's not a good sign. So we need to pray for those two things that she can eat so that she can regain her strength. And um, I believe that all things are possible. Amen? How about you? Yes. So let's continue to pray for her. She's a miracle working woman already. She's a miracle survivor. She really is. And uh, she shouldn't be here, according to the doctors. She shouldn't be here. But she's here today. So I know she's praying, and I know she's believing. So let's just join and continue to pray for Yolanda. The second person is pray for a fellow pastor friend of mine, Pastor Ron Vetter, who lost his wife last night, um, actually on uh, Saturday morning. Um, she passed away after fighting a battle of cancer and they had been married for about 25 years and um, just a wonderful, sweet, sweet woman of God. And just pray for strength for Pastor Ron and his family and also his wife's family. Her name was Gail, uh, just a sweet woman. So remember to pray for both of those needs this week, will you? All right. All right. Well, Again, all things are possible, even, and one of the questions that, you know, I just said, two people we can pray for, and one of the things that right away the devil wants to throw at you is, well, you know, if God lets this happen to somebody, to a pastor, why would you ever think that he could heal somebody? You know, that's the first thing the devil will also throw at you. He'll attack you with, and try to attack your belief system. He'll attack you and make you believe a lie, is what he wants you to believe, because the Bible declares all things are possible to him who believes. Now, there is also this thing called God's sovereign will. See, he chooses whom he heals. He chooses. You and I don't get to choose that battle. You and I are not God. Say that with me. I am not God. Wouldn't it be nice though for five minutes? I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oh, the world would be a uh, terrible place if you and I were God. Let me tell you right now. But... Here's the thing. You and I are not God. If it was up to you and I, nobody would ever die. Everybody would be well. Everybody would be happy. We'd be emotionally healthy, spiritually happy, physically well. Hey, wait a minute. That sounds like heaven. So we're going to be there one day, but that's in heaven. On this earth, there will be trials. There will be tribulations. That's how he grows you and I. It's painful but it's a process. We go through trials and tribulations. We, we all have had loved ones that have passed on. We may have laid hands on them, prayed for them, anointed them with oil, yet they still pass. God is sovereign. He chooses who goes on and who doesn't. It's up to God. You and I don't know that. You and I, in fact, can sit here today and, and think we have tomorrow and the next 50 years. You don't know that. You do not know that. None of us have tomorrow promised. Amen. I want to read a scripture to you, and you don't need to stand for these. They're on your outline as well. Matthew 17 and verse 20. Matthew 17 and verse 20. This is Jesus speaking. He said this. He said, He said to them, Because of your little faith, 
For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed. Let me stop there. Do you know how tiny a grain of a mustard seed is? I've illustrated that here before. I've brought in a mustard seed. It is so tiny. When you get as old as me, you need glasses to see it. It's that tiny. It goes on to say, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, that's powerful. Now, again, it's not talking about moving Mount Everest. It's talking about spiritual mountains. It's talking about those obstacles that you and I have in our life that seem like mountains that, Lord, how can that ever happen? How can this ever be fixed? How can this ever be healed? Those are mountains for each of you and I. We all face them every day. Today, you might be facing a mountain right now and trying to figure it out in your mind. How is that ever possible? With God, he said, if you have faith as small of a, as a mustard seed. In other words, he's saying, our faith is really not that big. It's our unbelief. See, the world system and the enemy causes us to fall down in unbelief. And we need to remind ourselves, who do we serve? We serve a God of, with all things are possible. With, through him, all things are possible. Amen? Amen? We need to learn how to incorporate the supernatural into our life, into our everyday life. When we go down to Mexico, we see the supernatural. I'm talking about the miracles happening. And, and I'll just, that's where I wanted to share this. That, so the first thing we do as we finish giving the message, the message is very short. It's about a 15-minute message tops. It's the gospel message that Jesus Christ died for you and I, that he rose again, that you and I would have life everlasting. And then it, it talks... He talks, the pastor will talk about Romans, Romans chapter 10, that uh, if you declare and ask God to come into your life, if you confess your sins, he, you can have the assurance of eternal life. How many are familiar with those scriptures? Romans 10, Romans 13. Um, and, and so he, he declares that. And so then out of these hundreds and almost a thousand people that are there, he then asks and invites, okay, those that want to receive Christ, and then they all know the food is over here. They all know the brand new shoes are over here. So they're itching to get to that. But he says, those that want to receive Christ for the first time come up. Literally, hundreds of people come up to the front. This is the most amazing time. Now we have 30 people. All right. We don't have all the people we're normal. I usually have a prayer team. I usually lead the prayer team to pray for people, lay hands on them. This year we had maybe six people, if I counted right. And uh, we've got people over in the food. We've got people over in the shoe area ready to distribute. They've got to be at their positions. And so we have all these people coming up. And then we begin to pray for them. And at the same time as we prayed for them, they received the Lord at that moment. They're set free. Then we begin to pray for healings. And, and so we have Miracle One right now which took place, they received Christ into their life. They're free, they're free of, set free from the bondage, from the sin in their life by receiving Christ, by asking for forgiveness, by repenting and inviting the Lord into their life. Amen. Then we begin to pray for them. And this was just so beautiful. We saw miracle after miracle after miracle. There was a lady that came in with a cane. She couldn't walk in. And I remember we prayed for her. Uh, I asked her, where does it hurt you? And she said, on her, on her right knee. So I grabbed her knee right here and we began to pray. We began to pray and we prayed healing over that knee. And then she stood up 
And, and I said, now, I want you to walk without that cane. And she began to walk. And I said, how does it feel? She goes, I don't have no more pain anymore. So we just shouted, hallelujah, that was a miracle right there. So these things are happening all around us. There's another woman there that she had just started to lift her hands up. And I could just, she was as stiff as a board, but she had a bad spirit. She had an evil spirit. We began to pray for this woman. And I don't know if you're familiar with, with deliverance, but when you begin to pray for somebody like that, she began to vomit. She, she was starting to vomit there. She began to just get sick, but I could, she was as stiff as a board, just rock solid. I was holding up this hand and with the, my other hand hold, uh, praying for her. And there was a m- another minister that grabbed her other arm. We're praying for her. And she just kept um, trying to be as stiff as a board. And finally, you could just feel her easing up, feel her easing up as we were commanding that spirit to depart from her right there so that Christ would fill her. And all of a sudden, she just stood up like this and she was, she was sobbing, she was crying. You could tell that the Holy Spirit just entered her and replaced her, that evil spirit. It was now gone. And it was amazing to see that right there. There was another woman that was healed also in her, in her back and her leg. And I mean, this was going on. Left and right, to my right, I, it was just going on everywhere. And you're, you're sitting here going, well, how come I never get to see that? How come I don't see that here? Why is that? People over there come expecting. Are you coming expecting? Are you expecting it? When you pray, do you expect it? Expect it, people, expect it. God isn't any different down in Mexico than He is here. It's the same God. It's the same prayer. You need to start expecting. So if you're going to pray for somebody to be healed, expect it. There is no option. There is no plan B. Expect it. Amen? And that's what those people, they they don't have doctors. These people aren't receiving medical care. They can't afford to. These people are barely able to survive on the little that they can make. They're all hustling down there trying to make a living. There's people in the restaurants you know, walking in, selling flowers and roses, and you've been there, those that have been down there, you see this kind of, they're selling gum on the street, they're selling candies, anything. People are creative in order to make a living. You got to do what you got to do. They're at the stoplights wanting to wash your windows. Uh, You name it, they're trying to make a buck to survive. And people with that kind of an attitude are expecting. They're expectant. They have faith as of a mustard seed. They believe that that mountain can be moved. Don't allow the enemy to squash that in your life. Yeah. Don't allow unbelief to step in and, and make you question wow. Thank you, Jesus. God's faith that he's given you. Amen? Amen? How do I incorporate the supernatural into my life? You have to believe. You have to, you have to go in there with 100% belief. Yeah. You cannot... Begin the question. Otherwise, it's already game over. Amen. Um, That's what I would tell you right now. And here I want to give you quickly four points on how to incorporate that into your life. First of all, number one, you have to listen. Listen. Everybody say listen. Listen. We have to hear the word of God spoken to us. Have you ever had God just speak to you to pray for somebody else? Raise your hand if God's ever asked you to do that or impressed upon you to do that. That's not by accident. That wasn't a coincidence. That wasn't just uh, the bad taco you had at Taco Bell the night before. That was actually God speaking to you to tell you that you need to move. And it all started with you listening, though. 
Okay? Listen. You need to tell others about the Word of God. When we hear and listen, then and only then will God show up in your lives. These people, as they came and sat down, were, were listening to the songs of worship, the songs that were, were talking about God's love, about God's forgiveness. They were receiving that. They were listening to that. Then they heard a message about God's love, how God sent His Son to die on a cross for them. They heard that and received that. They listened attentively. They listened. I want to read a scripture to you. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 through 15. I don't know if we have it, but it's Romans chapter 10 starts with this. It says in verse 14, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of, of, in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Amen. We have to be able to speak the message and we have to be able to listen to it. Amen. When God speaks to you, he's wanting to get your attention. You need to get in a quiet time with him and read this on a daily basis. Otherwise, you're not fulfilling the mandate, the purpose, the mission that he's called you to. You don't, you're, not a, you're, you're not necessarily called to preach up here, but you're all ministers. I tell you that every week. You're all ministers. You all minister to people in your life. In your circle of influence, you minister life or death. Did you know that? To the people around you. Intentionally or unintentionally. You're ministers, all of you. God has called you to minister. And you are to preach the Word of God. Share the Word of God. Yeah. Well, Pastor Rick, I don't know the Bible. I can't quote scriptures. That's all right. Tell them what God's done in your life. Yeah. Tell them what amazing things God has done in your life. Yeah. Share with them how good God is. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Number one, say it again with me. Listen. Listen. Number two, say this. Obedience. obedience. God throughout the Bible rewards obedience. He rewards obedience. It's not a newsflash. I mean, it's, it's, so, it's so natural. Parents, don't we want to have obedient kids growing up? Don't we want to have obedient children? Don't touch that stove. What do they do? They touch that stove. Don't touch that freshly baked cookie. What do they do? They snatch that freshly baked cookie. Don't touch those fresh flour tortillas I just handmade right now and put butter on them. Oh, we used to do that all the time, my brother and I. Oh, man. I'm getting hungry now. But we're not obedient. It's not natural. Our, our natural instinct is to be disobedient. It's our carnal nature. Our sinful nature wants to be disobedient. But God says, obedience brings rewards. Say that with me. Obedience brings rewards. He doesn't really care. God doesn't really care how good your deeds are or how talented you play a guitar or how talented you play a keyboard, or how talented you can sing from the pews. He doesn't care about that. What he cares about is, are you being obedient? Are you being obedient? We don't have to show off talents here on the stage or, or elsewhere. God doesn't care about any of that. What God really wants from you is obedience, simple obedience. These people, again, in Mexico, they listened and they were obedient. Who wants to receive the Lord today? They came up. 
They were all lined up. We had them all lined up at the altar. And we were praying there for about half an hour, 40 minutes, praying for them, for all the needs up there. Luke chapter 11, verse 28 says the following. And this is, this is Jesus here. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. That's powerful right there. Why? It's not good enough to just hear it. It's not good enough to just hear it. You got to obey it. Obey it. There's another parallel scripture that goes in James. In James chapter 4 where he talks about the man who looks in the mirror and sees his condition. Like Gregory would relate to this. He saw me one time in the, he knocks on my hotel door about 6 o'clock in the morning. I hadn't looked in the mirror yet, okay? And I just got up, all right? And, and Gregory had never seen me at 6 o'clock in the morning without me all properly groomed and everything. And all of a sudden he opens the door and he goes, Pastor Rick, he did this, Pastor Rick. It's because my hair was sticking straight up and sideways and everything. He'd never seen me like that. I knew I was going to look like that, but I knew it was Gregory on the other door. I didn't care. But getting back to this point, we can look in the mirror and walk away and not care. That's what, what people do when they hear the word of God and not do anything about it. We have to, we have to listen to the word and be obedient with the word. Amen? Amen? So then I went and combed my hair after Gregory came. So I didn't know who else was coming to my door. Amen. Number three. Say this with me. Expectation. Faith can also be understood as a confident expectation. Everybody say confident expectation. Amen. It's looking to the future with confidence, knowing that God has always been and will continue to be a faithful provider. God has come through in the past. He'll come through in the future for you. Amen. God is faithful. Expect. 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 Why is it so simple for an expectant mother to know that she's going to have a baby? But why is it so hard for us in the spiritual realm to expect a miracle to happen? God's words declared. It's already declared from years ago, from the beginning of time and before. Romans chapter 4 and verse 21 says this. Being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Do you believe that? Do you believe that he still has the same power today? You know, I I was reminded yesterday as we were praying for these people what it was like because I was there in Israel in Capernaum where Jesus did the majority of his miracles in Capernaum and along the Sea of Galilee. He did the majority of the, the demons that he drove out. The, the paralytics, he, he prayed for them. Uh, the mother of Peter lived there as well in Capernaum. We actually visited that house. And so they believed that back then, that all things were po- possible. They were laying hands on people. The disciples were in addition to Jesus and were watching them get healed. Now, we have to be of the same mindset that what he did back then, he can still do today. Amen. He can still do it today. So number one, there's listen. Number two, obedience. Number three, expectation. And then number four, it's the blessing. The blessing comes. The blessing comes. Everybody say blessing. Blessing. The Lord's simple requests often serve as stepping stones 
to life's most amazing blessings. To life's most amazing blessings. How many have seen that to be true? A simple request, a simple little task that he wants you to do sometimes can turn into the biggest blessing you've ever had in your life. I, I think I was thinking this morning I was, as I was looking over my notes, think, yeah, if I hadn't asked Anna out for a cup of coffee after I met her that one day at church, I wonder if we would have gotten married and been celebrating 25 years of marriage later this year. I wonder if that could have happened. I mean, who knows? I asked her for, a, hey, you want to go out to have a cup of coffee? Turned into a, our first three-hour date. And her brother was mad. He was mad. But um, he didn't know me. But we had a great time. And that began something great for both of us, for both Anna and I. It, yes, you were, brother. The Lord's simple requests often serve as stepping stones. To life's most amazing blessings. See, when you choose to obey the Lord, He will bless you. Amen? Amen. How many believe in that? How many know that when you believe or trust in the Lord, He does bless you? This is because obedience always, everybody say always, Always. leads to blessing. Obedience leads to blessing. Obedience leads to blessing. I mean, you have kids. When they are obedient, you bless them. I got two tortillas from my mom when I didn't touch any before when she was making them. She said, here you go, mijo. And oh man, can I have another? Yeah, here you go. And so I got blessed. All of you can experience the same type of blessing spiritually from our Heavenly Father when you walk in obedience. But here's what happens if we choose disobedience. Disobedience, we end up miserable. We can fall down that path too. Because see, life is a choice. Life is a choice. Let me do that again. It's like a, it's a why. It's an intersection. You may be at that intersection in your life today. Choose obedience or choose disobedience. The devil will always tempt you with disobedience. He'll always tell you that the grass is greener over here on this lane. He'll always tell you that you'll never get it following integrity, following obedience. He wants you to always take a shortcut. You know that? The devil always wants you to take a shortcut to get to what you want to do. But the Lord is saying, saying, simply obey me and you will receive a blessing. Joyce Meyer puts it this way. How many like Joyce Meyer? You like Joyce Meyer? Some of you like Joyce Meyer. She says, wisdom is choosing to do now what we will be satisfied with later. That's powerful there. Wisdom is choosing to do now what we will be satisfied with later. It's obedience. It's cho- if you choose obedience now, you'll be satisfied with the effect later. Amen? And Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, that goes along with this point of blessing, says this, Now to him who is able to do far more abund- abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. Those are the words of Jesus let them penetrate into your soul. Do you believe? Are you, are you here today believing that he can do far more abundantly than all you can ask or think? Even think, he says. Amen. Do you believe that? Don't, don't allow unbelief, lack of faith to, to creep into your life. You've got to squash that. You've got to squash that. You've got to rebuke that in Jesus' name. And you've got to say, Lord, I stand here believing that all things are possible to him who believes. Amen. 